Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. I want to talk about winning. Are you winning the wrong game? See, I believe that all of us play to win. And I know that there are people here who would like to argue with me on that because how many know that we have some competitive people? I am those competitive. (laughs) Um, So if you've ever encountered me, you have encountered someone who's competitive. And then there are those who say they're not competitive. I will argue that they're wrong. They're just playing a different game. See, because there's some of us and we're like, you know, you, you get the people who are like, I love anything where we actually move. Others are like, I love board games. Then others are like, can it be a digital game? Can I play it with my thumbs? If I play it with my thumbs, I'm in. And then there are those who say, it doesn't matter which of the game is, I love it because I can compete. And then you have those who are like, I don't care who wins. You're playing to win. You're just not playing the board game to win. You're playing to win the relationship. You're still wanting to win. And some people go, well, it's not that relationship. I'm playing the game because my boss is playing and I need some favor at work. And so you're playing to win. You're just playing a different game. See, and I would argue that all of us are playing. In fact, I would say that you're playing a lot of different games at the same time but we need to recognize what game we're playing to win because we're all playing to win something. We're just not all playing to win the same game. And, uh, but this means that you can be playing, you can be really good at what you do, you can be successful and still lose. Because if you're playing perfectly the wrong game, you end up losing the game that matters most. And so I started kind of looking at this going, what game matters most? And, and somebody invented a game that would help me with this. So over here, I have the game called Life. If you're not familiar with it, somebody created a board game to represent life, at least to represent life as best as they thought. Now, they defined winning differently than I would. The guy who made this game, or gal, whoever team it was that made this, defined winning as being the one who died with the highest net worth. So in this game, you work your way through and you drive your little car around the board, stopping at different points to get get paid or to pay an expense, whatever happens to be what you fall on but you're trying to make it through here and buy these different things and you can get your, your job and your house and no, you can't get that nice of a house for that dollar anymore. This is an old version of the game. Um, your salary. And then you can get all these different, different uh, life tiles that turn out to be money later. But what if, what if we played this game, but I change two things? So first off,
I get a timer and say, instead of playing this game until you reach the end, I say, you're going to play this game until the timer beeps. However, this game actually pales in comparison because it's going to be a conversion game. So as long as this game is going, you can take any of your game money and trade it to me for real money. Anyone want to play? <laughs> I am not going to give away my, my real money. And I, I will confess that my money is not quite as grand. They've got a $100,000 bill. Um, we don't print those and I don't have that. So, but here, here's this idea. If we're playing this game called life, and I tell you that as long as the game is happening, you can trade me your game money for my real money, it should change the way that you play. If it doesn't, you are one of two things. Either so rich that you don't care or crazy. So like, but like there's this opportunity to exchange this because if I win at this board, when it's over, we fold the game, we put it away and it doesn't matter. But what I've converted after this game is over I can use, I can spend, this is real. But if I cash out everything at the very beginning of the game, I may have missed an opportunity. So there comes this thing of like, all right, well, I know I want to convert something. I don't know how long the timer is going to go. So let's, let's convert some of this over here. But then it can be really easy to get sucked into this. And once I get sucked in, you're like, okay, well, if I go a little bit further, maybe I can trade career cards with the, the, the Joneses because they're making more money than me. And then maybe I will have some more to convert. And then if I spin this thing and I, and I start going, it's really easy to get caught up in trying to win here on the board. And if I'm trying to win here on the board, I'm trying to compete with them. I can get so lost in this game that I forget what really matters because I can get so caught up in accumulating and hoping that the bank will give me a little bit more, but if all I do is keep it here, what difference does it make? Because at the end, all these pieces get put away. But what I convert, that becomes, that becomes real. That begins to, to last. But so often we get so caught here. And see, this is, this is a spiritual and physical thing. But if I'm not careful, I can get so caught in it going, oh, but, but yeah, but I'm doing okay. But look, the Joneses are beating me. Maybe if I try a little bit harder, I can keep up with the Joneses. Their car is newer than mine. Their car is faster than mine. Shinier. His paycheck is bigger. And we can get into this thing and I can get so caught here. But Jesus goes through and says this in Matthew chapter six, verse 19. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is what he says. Don't get lost in the game. If you get lost in this game, he goes, you miss out. He goes, you st 
take this to store up this. This lasts, this does not. But he goes, where you put your treasure, there your heart goes. He goes, if you are working hard to convert your life into eternity, he goes, then this will have, then eternity will have your heart. It will have your focus. But if your focus is just on how do I win this game? How do I win this board game? How do I get some more pieces here? How do I get a fancier little house card <laughs> or job card? He says, then you get distracted. Then your heart gets focused here. Then you live for that, which is gonna get put away. And it's this, this thing, it's, the, it's a spiritual thing, but it's also a physical thing. It's also a <clears throat> emotional thing. The amount of people that get caught losing what matters because they're trying to win what doesn't is crazy. Because you don't know how long you've got. Sooner or later, it's going to be. Were you ready? Did you convert anything? And see, this, this is true spiritually, and I'll spend more time there, but, but in our, our relationships, in our life, we deal with this. See, so many people trade their health to get money only to trade their money to try to get back their health. They trade their family time for money to buy things for their family to realize that they missed the whole time with their family. They, they work so hard to win an argument only to discover that they lost the relationship. They get the sale, but they lost their integrity. They trade a moment of pleasure for a lifetime of regret because they get caught living for the wrong win. And if we're not careful and we let this happen, we can get caught up in it. In fact, Jesus references this in Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. For what, um, as for what was sown among the thorns, this is what, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. He says, the person who sits down at the game of life and here's the, I can convert things, but gets distracted going, yeah, but I can get more money. If I just spin this thing and I land on a payday, then I'm going to get some more of this. And if I get some more of this, then, then I, maybe I'm going to have as much as the Joneses because that's, that's what I get now. Maybe I can beat them. Maybe I'm ahead of them. If I'm ahead of them, does that mean I win? Because I love to win. We all love to win. It's just a matter of what we want to win. And, and he sits here and he says, don't, if we get caught in this, this is the deceitfulness of riches that says you're winning because this is what you have. But what this is, is simply a board game. This is simply temporary. And he goes, will you convert it for what's eternal? And I, and I, I, I look at this and I, I, I want to take you to one of my favorite parables. I say one of my favorites because I have learned that I like too many verses and too many parables to ever call one my actual absolute favorite because next time I find one, I'm like, oh, this one's it. And anyways, so one of my favorites is Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Uh, this is a, 
a one-verse parable. And it's really easy to blow right past it. But here, here it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he had and buys that field. Now, it's really easy to blow past that thing. And you're like, oh, this guy found a treasure, bought a field. Woohoo, good for him. And move on. And I actually got to give my brother credit because my brother shared this well, a decade or two ago and it like came alive to me and it became a favorite. Let me, let me expound on our one verse parable. Let me tell it to you like it happened today. Bob, I like Bob. Bob, Bob one day, uh, some things happen. He goes for a walk and he's got to trek across some land that's not his, but he's trekking across it and and as he's walking across, he hits this spot. He's like, that doesn't sound right. That's kind of hollow. And so he kind of bends down and he brushes away some, of the, some, some dirt and, and different things. And, and it's wood. And it's rotten. It's old. It's been there for a really long time. And he kind of peels some stuff back. And there's, there's a, a little like, space down there. And there's, there's a chest. It's a big old chest. And he gets this out and he's like, man, this is old. This is like super, super old. But he opens up the chest and it's full of gold. And he's looking and he goes to pick up a bar and he's like, that's heavy. That's, that's, that's legitimate stuff. And, he, and, and you know, you do the quick numbers and you're like, okay, you know, each of these bars is upwards of 20 pounds. At 20 pounds, that's a lot of ounces. At what is it, like $1,600 an ounce right now? Like, he's like, you do the math. Oh, that's upwards of $100 million. And it, his first thought is like, hey, let's carry this out. But if you go in and you're like, oh, here's my gold. They're going, where'd you get that? And then he'd be like, well, then that would be, I stole it from someone's land when I was walking across it. That's not going to go over. So he puts it back, but he thinks, he goes, you know what? whoever owns the land and the mineral rights, just in case they want to get like, argue a bit and go, hey, was it underground or was it above ground? Then who owns it? If I get the land and the mineral rights, he goes, then this becomes my gold. This has been here for at least a hundred years. The guy who owns it doesn't know about it. So here's, here's my plan. He goes out, he picks up two extra jobs He's working an extra shift and he starts having sales like crazy. He's like, what are you selling? He's like, what do I have? They're like, you want to buy my bed? It's a nice bed. Do you want to buy the bed? And they're like, what are you going to sleep on? Maybe a floor. You keeping your floor? No, it's for sale too. You want my floor? You want the house? Car? And then everyone's like, well, what are you doing? They're like, you're crazy. You're selling everything. He goes, yeah, yeah, it's true. Why are you working three jobs? Because some things matter. They're like, yeah, but what matters? He goes, you'll understand later. They're like, you're, you're, you're going crazy. Are, are, do I need to check you in somewhere? Like you're, you're literally, you're selling everything. You've lost your mind. He's like, no, 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 I found it. Just trust me. And he's, he's selling stuff and they're all like, you're, you're crazy. But the day finally comes where he, you know, he's, he's biking to work. He doesn't have a car anymore because he sold it and he, he sold his house. He's got a little apartment thing and, and he's going through all this stuff and he sold everything and he buys this land. And when he buys this land and he collects the gold, then everybody who'd been mocking him, who he's opinion, he didn't care because he knew what they didn't know. Now they look at him and they go, ooh, now I get it. Now I wish I would have sacrificed 
like you sacrificed and beat you to it. They go, he didn't, they didn't understand that he knew what they didn't know. So he made sacrifices that they didn't understand because he knew it was worth it. And that's what Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like. He goes, you should be living differently. You should be making sacrifices that other people look at you and go, why would you do that? And you go, because you don't know what I know. See, I know that this is a conversion game. I know that what's on this board doesn't really last. I know that what year my car is and how many miles on it doesn't really matter. But I do know what does matter. And I want to live for eternity. I want to live to please God. (laughs) See, because when we're living for something that others don't understand, we'll happily make sacrifices that others don't understand. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Is a a strange verse? I feel weird calling verses strange, but I think if you've ever read your Bible through, you'll discover there are strange verses. If you haven't found them yet, keep reading. You'll find them. But as I was looking at this verse, it lays out like super basic stuff, but what it puts there isn't what I would have put there. See, he goes through and God goes, without faith, it is impossible to please God. I'm like, okay, I see faith throughout the Bible. I am still tracking with this verse going, okay, it makes sense to me that faith is important. And then he, he furthers this and he goes, for uh, whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. I'm like, okay, this is logical, right? Really hard to draw near to God if you don't believe in him. But the second section here is what messes with my head. It says, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Okay, so in order to please you, I need to believe that you exist and that you're a rewarder. If I was to ask you to describe you, how, like, who would have put rewarder on the list? Who would have been like, what do you want to be known for? I'm a rewarder. Like, I could have made a good, pretty good list of all these different things that I would like to be known for. Rewarder would not have made the list. But it made God's list. And then that kind of like set me back going, you put a lot more emphasis on this than I do. And he goes, because I want you to understand that I have way more of this than you have of this. And if you're willing to give me this, I'll give you this. And when I say this, I don't just mean money because the game, it's money. But I mean your money. I mean your time. I mean your marriage. I mean your children. Going, will you give God all that you have? Will you let God have his way in your home, family, life, marriage, money? Because he wants, when when we let him use it, it changes things. See, sometimes we get this confusion because we think that God rewards big things. We go, you know what? If, if I was to start a, a church or an orphanage or maybe build a hospital or, you know, do something that would be known and recognized, that would go down in the history books, then God would reward me. 
But that's not what the Bible teaches. Check this out. This is crazy. He goes through in Matthew 10, 42 and says, and whoever will give one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. A cup of water. So this is a bottle, but that's what I got. He goes, if you give a bottle of cold water in my name, translation, I want to reward you. It is not just the grand deeds that get rewarded. It is the deeds done for him. Doesn't matter how grand they seem to be. He goes, he wants to reward you when you lay yourself down to put your spouse first to honor God because you recognize that they're a gift from God. You recognize that that's one of God's children. When you go, God, have your way in my children, he goes, oh, I, you're, you're going to give your children to me and let me be honored in the way that you parent? He goes, oh, I want to reward that. Oh, you're going to tip your waiter not because of the service that they provided, but because they're my daughter and you want them to see me at work through you? Oh, I'll reward that. And my tip just got converted from here to here. Oh, when, when, when I choose to respond with kindness and grace to those people at work that are horrible, he goes through and says, when you love your enemies as yourself, in obedience to him, he goes, ooh, ooh, you're converting And it's this amazing thing. And he says this in, in Revelation 22, verse 12. Look, behold, I'm coming and I'm bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. The message says he's bringing his payroll with him. It's this, this amazing thing that God wants to reward. My, my message, if you were to take one verse to summarize my message, it would be Mark chapter 8, verse 36. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? What if you win the whole game, but you lose eternity? Because then it doesn't matter. None of this lasts. He goes, you need to make sure you're playing the right game that you're working to win the right thing because you can be oh so successful and lose it all. But here's the problem. Rewards that don't seem real don't motivate. So this is an iFit medal. iFit is a workout program. Um, and I, I got an iFit bike a year ago or a year ago like six months ago. And I bought it because it was quiet and I wanted to try to get exercise and not have to worry about whether my kids were sleeping. And so I bought this bike, but it came with a year of iFit for a family. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna make the most of this because I get one year free. Let's figure out if it's worthwhile. And so I dove into this and I started working out and then I'm like, all right, let's get my kids to try to do some working out with me. And they, they used to give out stuff if you completed that month's challenge. And so in March, they were going to give out medals instead of just magnets. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I told my boys, I'm like, hey, 
they got this little picture of the medal and I, I show them, I go, guys, if you will complete the workouts this month, if you do, I think it's eight workouts, you got a bronze, 12 workouts, you got a silver, and 16 workouts, you got a blue one. White went gold, silver, blue, instead of gold or uh, bronze, silver, gold. I don't know, beyond me. But that's what they did. And I show my pictures, my, my boys the picture, and they're like, oh, that's cool. And they go downstairs, and one of the guys does like one, um, one walk on the treadmill. The other one does a couple rides on the bike, but they just didn't do much. I was determined to get my exercise regardless, but I'm, I dove into it. And so I got my 16 bike rides in, submitted it. And because I was early enough, shipping was still decently quick. If you're at the end of the month, it would take them forever to ship anything. But mine came with like three days left to go in the month. And so, you know, the mail comes and I get this out and I bust this thing out. And my, my boys look at it and they're like, what is that? I'm like, this is the metal I told you that you could get. And they're like, can I touch it? Yes, you can touch it. They're like, I want one. I'm like, you have done one walk in like the last 27 days. You have three days to get him in. Okay. So you're telling me you're going to do more in the next three days than you did all month? Yeah. Go for it. Can you put up that picture? <laughs> so in three days, they each put in like 12 workouts. They're timed. So it's not like they like just like enter, you know, start and stop. No, this is like they got on the, the elliptical and they're like, or the treadmill. And he's like, all right, start. And as soon as it's finished, start the next one. Start the next one for hours, for three days. This is all they did was like, so I'm going to get up. I'm going to get it. But they did it because all of a sudden it went from being a theoretical picture on a page to being something real, something tangible that they desired. And when it became real, all of a sudden it changed their behavior. All of a sudden their life was affected because the reward became a reality. And they, they worked their tails off to get it. Jesus worked so hard to make it real, to paint this picture so you would understand that this isn't real. This is temporary. But what he has for you is real. See, in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says, woe to the world to sin. Um, woe to the world for temptations to sin, for it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one whom temptation comes. And he goes on and he goes, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. You're better off going to heaven with one hand than going to hell with two. And he goes, if your eye causes you to sin, he says, pluck it out. He goes, you're better off one-eyed in heaven than two eyes in hell. That's pretty drastic. Now, let's be clear. Do not go home and hack off your hand. 
or gouge out an eye. If your eyes are causing you to sin, you could probably reduce the number of channels that are coming into your home or put an internet filter on much easier. Because he goes through, he didn't like hack off the whole arm, he just cut off this. So if there is something in your life that is causing you to sin, that is taking you away, he goes, hack it off. doesn't need to be your hand. You can hack off that internet plan. You can hack off your freedom there by putting on some accountability software. Maybe you need to hack off some people out out of your life because they're leading you away from God. He goes through going, there's nothing that this has to offer that can compare with this. So if you need to make a sacrifice here, it's worth it. Because this is forever. This gets put away. If you die winning this board, it doesn't matter. You can't take it with you. But he goes, but you can live to send things ahead. Only what's been converted will last You go, well, what does it look like? How do I convert it? If you're telling me I need to win the right game, how do I play this game to win? Matthew chapter 25. Jesus is talking and he says, all right, guys, I'm going to come back one day. I'm going to gather everybody and I'm going to divide them into two groups. He says, he's going to turn to the one group and he goes, say, hey, I was hungry and you fed me. I was cold, I was naked, and you clothed me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And he runs through this list. And they get through and they go, what do you mean? And he goes, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. And he, he, he lets them enter into his kingdom, and he welcomes them. And he turns to the others and he goes, you, I was hungry, you didn't feed me. I was naked and cold and you didn't clothe me. I was in prison and you didn't visit me. And they're like, God, God, when? When did I see the God of the universe in jail? What jail could hold you? When you did it to the least of these, did it to me. I'm a father. How you treat my children matters. If if you're mean to me, you pick on my children, you got a problem. He sits here and he goes, how you treat my children matters. You want to earn rewards? You you want to begin to store things up? He goes, how are you going to treat them? Will you love that woman that I gave you as a wife? That's my daughter. Will you treasure her and value her? Hey, those are my kids. Hey, your waiter's my child. Hey, that person at work, that rude customer who's got issues. Yeah, that person with issues, I still love them. He goes, how will you treat them? And and it's this, this amazing thing that I can use this to represent God. And I, and I begin to look because it's so easy to win the wrong game, to be playing for money, to be playing for fame. Relationships, you know, relationships do matter. 
But if you have the largest funeral in the world and you go to hell, you still lost? I begin to look and go, God, I want to win. What does it look like to win? I say, God, God, I want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. But God, that's not enough. It is not enough to hear it alone. God, I want my children to be there with me. God, I want want to fill up heaven. I want a neighborhood in heaven that I filled up. God, don't let me come alone. God, let my life matter and let it take people with me. Can I shine for you? Can you use me? Here am I, use me. And when we lay our life down for him, it matters and it changes things. And this game stops mattering when I realize it's a conversion game. And God, use me. God, have your way in me. And I invite you to live for what matters. Know that this is for real. He is coming. And what we do matters. We can convert now. And I know there's some people who just need it encouraged and challenged, but I know there's some others who might be winning. They might be losing but they're so caught right here that they have missed out because they are not ready for eternity. They have not converted anything. There's no amount of achievement here that could ever make you right. There's no amount of achievement on the board, but Jesus came and paid the price so that we could be forgiven If, if you're here and you're not right with God, you go, hey, as we convert this, as the game gets folded and put away, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for eternity and I want to be ready. I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to convert what you have for what he has. Can I get everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes? If you're here, you say, today, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need him to come in to wash away my sins. I want to know that I'm right with God and on my way to heaven. Then when I say three, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand. One, get ready. Two, three, go ahead and raise your hand. Say, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to know that I'm right with God and on my way to heaven. Awesome. Back here. If you're online, you can just type in, that's me. Who else is, that's me? Over here. All right. Most important decision that anybody ever makes. Another one over here. All right. We're gonna say a simple prayer. We're going to do what God said and we're going to call on his name. So go ahead and repeat this with me. Say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. Thank you for loving me, for forgiving me. I believe that your blood washed away my sin. 
I believe that you died and rose again. I choose to live for you. I declare that you are my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.